So I know this is probably a silly question to be asking at a church service, but uh, how many of y'all would say that you're thankful for God? That's a, I would suspect every hand would go, let's try it again. How many of you would say you're thankful and grateful for God? Okay, good, good. All right, so we don't have to, we don't have to go in any, any other direction with that. That's good. Let me follow that up with this question. This is participation time. Would anybody be willing, maybe two or three folks be willing to just tell us, just shout it out or raise your hand or whatever, what you're thankful for God for or why you are thankful for God? I see Tina. Tina's already up there. Go, go for it, sister. You said yes. You want to tell us why, Tina? testimony and a half. We can go home now. <laughs> Anybody else? Why, why? Why are you thankful for God? What are you thankful for God to God for? I can always count on Kevin. follow up that question, we're all thankful to God. Every single, I think every single person in their hand, in the room, raised their hand when asked that question, if we were thankful or if we were grateful to God. Let me follow that up with another question. How do we show that gratitude? How do we show that thankfulness that we have to God through our words, through our thoughts, through our actions? If we say that we're thankful, surely we're going to respond to it in some way, shape, or form and not just pay God lip service, Right? How do we show that we're thankful for God? Anybody? Ruth? There you go. That's a great answer, brother. Pam, I saw your hand. Prayer. Neighborly with one another. Absolutely. Wayne? Come on. Anybody else? Come on. Like service to the community. Service to the community. What you think, Kevin?
and that's what we're getting into. That's 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 what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at. That, that's, you know exactly where I'm heading with this, don't you? Um, so yeah, you know, gratitude. Gratitude is an action word. Gratitude is a verb. You know, it's not it's not just a noun. It's an action word. It's 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 something. Surely, if we're thankful in our hearts and our minds for God or for whatever, if we've got, if we've got real gratitude for whatever that gratitude's for. Surely it's going to come out in some way, shape, or form through our actions, right? So that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today. How do we really respond to this gratitude that we say that we have for God? I can't remember exactly what we were talking about the other day, Kevin. I'm sorry to keep draw, draw, dragging, you, dragging you into this. <laughs> but um, I can't remember what we were talking about. But me and Kevin were having a, a, just, a, you know, just a short conversation in passing, basically. And he made the comment to me, something to the effect of the, the, the greatest act of worship or the greatest way that we can, that we can worship God is through is obedience. Is obedience. I'm glad that I got that right, Kevin. And I think that Kevin is absolutely 100% on target with that answer. The greatest response that we can have for gratitude for God is to obedience. Obedience to what? First and foremost, I'll go back to what Kevin said. Obedience to the greatest commandments of Jesus Christ that we hammer home here at Bemis. Love for God and love for neighbor. That's our beginning point. That's, the, that's, that's, that's two simple, simple rules to follow. Not always easy to follow, but they are simple instructions and they cover a whole heck of a lot of territory. Loving God, loving people, being obedient to the commandments of Christ. Jesus said that, that, that if we understood these two little commandments... That we would that that we that every one of those two commandments covers all of the laws, all of the six hundred seventeen some odd laws that we find in the Old Testament. Loving God and loving your neighbor. The Apostle Paul backed that up, by the way. He said the exact same thing: loving your neighbor fulfills the law. Loving your neighbor, obedience. So, what does that look like? What does what does real worship look like? If we're thankful to God and we respond in obedience, we respond in worship. What does that look like? And it can it can take all kind of forms. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna read you a couple um, or several uh, scriptures here that kind of reflect that. Romans 12:1 always comes to my mind whenever we talk about um, obeying Jesus, submitting ourselves to the will of God, that type of thing. I think I've preached a sermon on, on that before. But Romans 12:1 says this: I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our Spiritual worship, submitting ourselves, our minds, our bodies, our wills to the will of God is what it is, your spiritual worship, the Apostle Paul says. James 127, and y'all go to Bebus, you know that I love the book of James. James 127 says that gratitude, thankfulness, worship, obedience to Jesus kind of looks like this. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is to look after orphans and widows in their distress to keep oneself from being polluted by the world, by serving others, by loving others. Somebody talked, several of y'all mentioned that as a way, as a response to our gratitude, serving the community. Micah 6.8, pretty straightforward verse. He has shown you, God has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. How do we respond to God's love for us in thankfulness and gratitude? Love mercy. 
walk humbly, act justly. And lastly, we can always go back to the words of Jesus. Matthew 28, 19, and 20, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. Obey. Obedience to Christ really is, 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 only, is the only proper response to our gratitude and our thankfulness for God. Our thankfulness for God's love, our thankfulness for God's mercy. That thankfulness, that true thankfulness is evidenced in the way that we live our lives in that obedience. It's more than popping into a church service from now time and time and time time and time, time, time again. Uh, it's more than just being a member of the church. True gratitude, true gratitude, like so many other things, is a condition of the heart. It manifests itself outwardly through our worship, through our relationships, through our behavior, through our obedience to Christ, and through our worship to God. I want to read to you um, just a few verses out of Psalm 116 that really, 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 really speak to this subject of gratitude, about responding to God's love, responding to God's mercy, responding to the way that God has acted in our lives, responding with real gratitude, not just, not just through words not just through paying God lip service, but actually through our actions. And as we're reading this, I want y'all to remember that this was a prayer. Remember that, the Psalms, especially, especially you guys who were in our, who were in our uh, midweek study here recently. The Psalms is a big book of prayers, 150 of them. Remember, somebody actually wrote this. This is a prayer that was written to God, and the, the Psalms, as we've talked about so often before, are just absolutely full of human emotions. As far as I'm concerned, it's, it's the most human book that we find in the Bible because you, find, you just find the, the, the whole gamut of emotions, love, hate, <laughs> anger, desperation. And you can feel that in this psalm here, this human emotion. I want you to try to place yourself into the mind and to the heart of the person that's writing these words. Try to feel his emotions. Try to feel his gratitude here. Let's start in verse 1. The psalmist writes, I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. Just stop for a minute before I go any further with that. Do you feel the anguish in these words? Do you feel the pain, the desperation? How many of us, Pam, I thank you so much for that testimony that you gave. How many of us have ever been in a situation in our lives where we felt like the cords of death had entangled us? Where we were overcome by distress and we were overcome by sorrow. Y'all don't have to raise your hands, but I can tell you I've been there. And I imagine if I had to guess that 100% of you guys have been there at some point in your life, probably multiple times. How many times have we cried out to God in these situations, hoping, yearning for some relief, praying that God would extend that mercy, that help to us? 
We don't know what the author of this particular psalm was going through, but we can all certainly relate to and we have all felt what this author was feeling at some point or another in our lives, probably at multiple times in our lives. So the psalmist cries out, he says, Lord, save me. There at the end of verse 4. Lord, save me. Sometimes, church, that is the most powerful prayer that we can pray. God, help me. How many of y'all have prayed them prayers before? God, help me. That's a powerful prayer sometimes. Three little words, God, help me. And what happens? He responds. He responds. He intercedes on our behalf. He certainly answers the prayer of the person who wrote this psalm because we can literally feel this person's gratitude. In verses 1 and 2, I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he has turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The author voices his gratitude. He often voices his appreciation, his thankfulness for God and all that he's done in his life. But he's not going to stop there. He's not going to stop there by just voicing that. He's, got, he's not just paying God lip service again. He's, he's moved. He's moved to act on that gratitude. He's moved to act on that thankfulness. And we see that in verses 12 through 19. Again, step into the author's shoes here. Try to experience what this guy is, is experiencing. Feel the motivation and the determination that he has to put his feet to the ground in loving obedience and service and worship of God. He's in a desperate situation. Move back up to verse 1 through 4. He's in a desperate situation. Beg God for mercy to save him. He did. He was thankful. This is how he responds. What shall I return to the Lord for all of his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and I will call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord. I will obey. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Truly, I am your servant, Lord. What does a servant do? Whatever his master tells him to do. Truly, I am your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering for you. I will call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows, once again, obedience to the Lord in the presence of all of his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. In other words, I'm going to do this everywhere I can possibly go. He is willing to dedicate every fiber of his being to serving God in humble obedience. That's what gratitude looks like. That's what genuine, authentic gratitude looks like. Knowing the will of God, living it out, even if we don't like it, even if we don't understand it. Now, I know that word obedience can put a bad taste in our mouths a lot of times. But understand this thing about obedience. And I didn't, I didn't like that word a whole heck of a lot either when I heard it growing up in church, but I've come to a different understanding of it. Understand what Christian obedience is. Understand what obedience to Christ is. Obedience for the Christian is not a forced obedience. It is not a coerced obedience. It is not an obedience for the sake of trying to make God like me more or approve of me more. It is not obedience out of fear that God might smite me if I don't get it right. All of those that I just mentioned are very poor 
and very wrong motivations for obedience. We are obedient to Christ because we want to be obedient to Christ. The love of Jesus should produce in us, and I hope it has in you, should produce in us such gratitude in our hearts that we will want to follow Christ and that we will want to walk in his ways to the ends of the earth. God's love for us propels us, it moves us to the desire to serve God and to love others. And I'm going to wrap up with that one today. And I'm just going to ask you, do you feel that pull today, church? Do you feel that pull? I think I told you, I think I told you on Easter Sunday, you know, there's one thing that I, that I pray to God pretty much every day. And that is, that is that I pray that I don't ever lose my passion for Jesus. That I don't ever lose my love for Jesus. That I don't ever lose my desire to become a little bit more like him every day as much as he will allow and I've had that for years now I've had that for years and I'm not saying that to brag on myself I'm thankful to God I'm saying it because I'm bragging on God that he hasn't let me go yet and that I haven't lost that passion do you have that passion do you feel that pull in your life or has God has Jesus become just ceremonial to you has it become just something that I participate in once or twice a week as a social gathering? Is Christ real to you? Because I believe in my heart, folks, I believe wholeheartedly that if Christ is real to us, we're going to feel that pull, man. We're going to have that desire in us to become more like Jesus, to be obedient to Jesus. If we're truly thankful, if we're truly grateful for all these, we wouldn't, I don't, if, God, if Christ didn't give me anything else in my life materially, or any other way, I would hope that I would be so grateful simply for my salvation that I would never turn away from it, that I would still be just as passionate, even if I wasn't a pastor, even if I wasn't standing up here. Even if I went through all kind of misery, I would pray that I would just be so thankful still for my salvation that nothing could shake me. Do you feel that pull, church? Do you feel that pull? to respond in gratitude and thankfulness to Christ through our words, through our actions, through our obedience to the words of Jesus, through authentic love, true love, whatever, however that expresses itself for, for God and for our neighbor. Y'all pray with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you every week for the Sabbath day that you have, that you have given as a, gift, as a gift to us. We thank you so much for your local church, God, and, and, and for the body of Christ worldwide, those who have come before us and all of those who will come afterwards, Lord. We ask, God, that you would never let us tire, never let us take for granted the gift of salvation, much less all the other, all the other blessings that you pour over our lives. God, may we truly be thankful in our hearts, and may that gratitude in our hearts express itself outwardly through our behavior, through our words, through our thoughts, through our relationships, and through our obedience to Jesus Christ. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen.